the undraftedfreeagent.com mid-major podcast with your host, Chris McKee. There's Samuel with the steal. Get your phones out. Tyree Samuel posterizes Alex Nawaga. Come on now. Lugans. Dort. Oh, my. Brzdikas with another steal. Spots up for three this time and drains it. Ignis Brzdikas. Electric first step. Blows by everyone. Kobe Elvis. He's got them all shook up. Keyshawn for three. And there it is. Keyshawn Bartholomew. You don't want to let him heat up. All day, Kyler Filowich. They can't stop him. Moncrief! Sneaks in the back door, hammers it down. Matthew Alexander Moncrief. Ooh! Welcome, UndraftedFreeAgent.com mid-major podcast. I'm your host, Chris McKee. Hope you guys are digging the new intro music I did there. That's a bunch of my play-by-play calls from current college basketball players and a couple NBAers in there, but um, wanted to run through all the amazing scores from this first weekend of the 2021 NCAA tournament. So as I'm recording this right now, Gonzaga up 71-59 over Oklahoma. It looks like they're going to get through comfortably. I mean, it was a game for the first five or ten minutes, but uh, Gonzaga put it into second gear. Big shocker earlier today. Well, not so much. I actually had it in my bracket, but Oregon over Iowa. Coming up 5-15 Eastern time, Abilene Christian, the 14th seed, versus UCLA, 6-10 Ohio versus Creighton. 7 o'clock tonight, LSU, Michigan. 7.45, Colorado, Florida State. Also tonight, Maryland, Alabama. And then capping off, USC, Kansas tonight. So great day of basketball ahead right now. But wanted to go back over the weekend. And of course, you know, as all the regular listeners know, that uh, we start with the Gonzaga Bulldogs, the number one team in the country, who of course are mid-major. So they opened up the March Madness bracket by... A comfortable win over the 16th seed Norfolk State, 98-55. So Norfolk got in after beating Appalachian State in the play-in game, which I was pretty shocked because Appalachian State, the Sun Belt champs, and I thought they'd run over Norfolk State, who I watched quite a bit this season. I thought it was a pretty good team. Watched them probably seven or eight times, but the Sun Belt, one of the toughest mid-major conferences in college basketball, but here's the issue. Appalachian State came out were 0-for-19 from three in the first half. Like you're, you're not going to win any basketball game. I don't care. High school, AAU, whatever. You're not going to win when you go 0 for 19 in the first half. So getting back to Gonzaga in that first game over Norfolk State, 23 points from Corey Kispert, 15 from Joel Ayayi, and just six points from Jalen Suggs. He picked up two quick fouls and then sat on the bench. But by this point, the game was pretty much already over. So they didn't really have to use him much. But uh, either way, still a pretty impressive performance, just like the one versus Oklahoma happening right now. But um, following the first round win, Mark View had some comments and was asked about how this is Gonzaga's 12th straight season getting past the first round of the NCAA tournament. Pretty impressive record. Here's Mark View talking about it. Now, hey, listen, accruing NCAA wins is the hardest thing you can do in our profession, in, in my opinion. And uh, I, to be honest with you, I didn't know that was that we uh, won 12 straight of those because uh, it's tough. And, uh, you know, these these and I, I screw up. I don't know if it's the higher or the lower seeds, uh, you know, which ones are how we use that terminology. But uh, they're getting better and better and better and better. You know, the 16s are, are better than they were five years ago. And obviously you watch through this tournament, the five, 15s and the 14s and 13s are giving everybody uh, quite a tussle. So uh, there is no. Uh, Easy one, and and I was happy that we extended that thing before halftime, and and uh, and then kept a kept our foot on the pedal in the second half. But uh, great accomplishment by our guys. But 
you know, I mean, this tournament comes at you quickly. And so, uh, obviously, playing so late, we got a very, very quick tournament around to play a you know, really good Oklahoma team that's had some big-time uh, uh, wins uh, uh, all year and, 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 and do some interesting things that we'll have to just do quickly. You mentioned Corey Kispert, you know, an All-American, 23 points in the game and was amazing today against Oklahoma. I didn't know exactly how many he had, but a couple big threes watched him. Very key, and Mark Few talked about just what Corey Kispert has meant to his program and how good of a season he's had. Yeah, hey, listen, Corey's an all-timer uh, at our place. I mean, uh, clearly, I mean, he's a first-team All-American, so uh, that puts him in, uh, you know, really, really uh, rarefied air. And But that's just scratches the surface when you're describing, uh, you know, the type of person he is. He's of the highest uh, character uh, there is. He's he's as good a role model as you could have for uh, young players in your program, for young kids uh, like I have. And uh, he's just a wonderful, wonderful representative of Gonzaga. But I, I think and, and know uh, just for college basketball, he's like I've been saying all along, he's a poster child for college basketball. And he's also a poster child for you know, listening to the information in regards to the draft and betting on himself and coming back. And, and uh, you know, that turned out to just be a, a brilliant decision. And sometimes uh, leaving isn't always always the best thing. And, and uh, Corey and his parents did a great job of communicating through that process and, and, and listening to the, to the facts. And, and now he's, he's uh, you know, reaping the, reaping the rewards from that. So perhaps the biggest upset so far in March Madness, number 15 seed Oral Roberts, the Summit League champs, knocking off the two seed, the Ohio State Buckeyes, 75-72 in the opener. I mean, what a game. I watched this and, you know, I did a little thing on YouTube about this and obviously it's a clip from last week's pod where – I talked about, you know, they have the number one score in the country. I guess I was calling him Max Abmus because that's how you spell it. But I guess it's he pronounces it Asmus, which is, I mean, whatever. I can't tell someone how to pronounce their name. But um, <laughs> either way, so Max Asmus, I mean, number one score in the country. The guy's out of this world. So we had 29 in the win over Ohio State. And I thought, this guy's going to give Ohio State fits and if he can and if he can come out and shoot well and make things happen early it could make the Buckeyes nervous and that's exactly how it played out and then also Kevin O'Banhor uh, 30 points in the win for Oral Roberts I mean this is a deadly duo this is the highest scoring duo in all of college basketball and I watched Oral Roberts going in to the Summit League tournament I mentioned you know I did this pod all season and didn't watch a ton of Summit League and so I said you know what heading into the last three weeks of the season I'm going to watch Summit League and I ended up watching a ton of Oral Roberts, North Dakota State, South Dakota State, South Dakota, all of them. And you could see Oral Roberts had something because of midcourt max. I mean, when you have the best score in the country, good things can happen. And so following that, of course, they get through after beating Ohio State. And then last night, they knock off Florida, the number seven seed, 81-78. Watched a good chunk of this game as well. And just unbelievable. You know, it's funny. I thought coming out early, I'm like, Florida looks too athletic. I don't know if they hang. I don't know if they can hang. I think eventually they're going to fall off. And this team just has some fight in them. I, I just can't say enough about how impressed I am with Oral Roberts and how good they are. And, and who knows? I mean, they got Arkansas up next, which is a tough, tough matchup. But, hey, I mean, they just beat Ohio State. They just beat Florida. So who the hell says they can't beat Arkansas right now? But 
Here's Kevin O'Banner after the opening round win against Ohio State, just talking about what a great season and how grateful he is right now. Oh yeah, I'm very grateful. You know, even with this crazy year of COVID, you know, nothing was promised, and the fact that we even had March Madness and the fact that you know we're able to win a couple of games, we're just very grateful. You know, very humble, very honored. You know, Florida was a good team. You know, last time we went to we won a game in the NCAA tournament was 1974, and you know now we're in the Sweet 16. So. It's really just mind-blowing, grateful, you know, just happy that we got the win. We also have some comments from Oral Roberts head coach Paul Mills. Talked about how he didn't pack enough laundry because he didn't think he was going to be staying this long at March Madness and he's happy to get a day of doing some laundry. And also, if you haven't figured out, Oral Roberts is a religious school. And so, you know, just about every player, you hear them talking about thanking Jesus Christ and, hey, the way they're playing right now, you got to, it's nice to have somebody like that on your side. And so here's head coach Paul Mills after the opening round win over the Buckeyes. Well, there's a hymn, a gospel hymn that says, praise God uh, from whom all blessings flow. And it, it, it's a blessing um, to coach those guys in that locker room. Um, it's a blessing to win. It, it's, uh, you know, the, the experience uh, that, these guys will have, and, and I, I don't mean to come across as if, you know, we're content, um, but I, I'm so happy for those players in that locker room. And for me, I'm glad that I get to do laundry. Um, haven't had a chance to do laundry. We got here last Saturday, so uh, we'll be off tomorrow. So the, tomorrow will be a good day because I, I have run out of clothes. You know, talked about next matchup against Arkansas and Eric Musselman, and whew, I mean, they're good. Uh, obviously, Arkansas, you know, one of the better teams out of the SEC and had a good chance to watch them all season. I think it is a tough matchup. You worry about Arkansas's length. You know, they've got five, six, seven guys, all kind of very similar, and you wonder if maybe perhaps they're going to wear Oral Roberts out. But hey, hey, like I said, I'm not betting against Oral Roberts ever again this season. So one of the other big opening round upsets, and this is a game that I predicted here on the betting picks last week. Love the matchup going in. Number 13, North Texas knocked off Purdue, the four seed, 78-69 in overtime, behind 24 points and 12 rebounds from JV on Hamlet. They also had four players with 13 points or more. And just gutsy, can't say enough about how good they are. You know, winning four games in four days in the Conference USA tournament. To be the Conference USA champs and get in and get past a really tough Western Kentucky squad. You know, I, I just saw Charles Bassey is better than any center on Purdue. And Purdue's whole, you know, their whole lifestyle is based around the seven-foot guys they have. And I just thought, well, if they can work around Charles Bassey in Western Kentucky, they're going to have a pretty easy time working around Zach Eady, you know, the true freshman at Purdue and some of their big guys. And sure enough, it worked. Uh, they look really good. And then, uh, so here's JV on Hamlet after the first win. And you can hear some of the emotion in his voice. Man, I've been waiting on this opportunity my whole life, man, just to show the whole world, like, who Javion Hamlet is. You know, um, when the lights get big like this, I love that. You know, uh, and the shot blocking, uh, you know, uh, they got pretty big dudes down there. Uh, you know, uh, we ain't really got that in our conference, but we played that in our regular se season schedule. So, you know, um, just going, just playing through their chin with Coach Mack always uh, preach, play through their chin. And like I said, be the more tougher team. And that's what we were doing tonight. Head coach Grant McCaslin has done an outstanding job with North Texas this season. You know, talked about this last week. Beginning of the season, they were an afterthought in the Conference USA. Just kind of off to a slow start. And then, hey, the, the calendar turned and North Texas got better, better, week after week after week. You know, that toughness and, and what a great team this is. First things first, uh, you know, 
Coach Painter, who's a friend of mine, we have a tremendous amount of respect for the way they compete. Purdue's a super physical team, and we felt like we'd have to do a great job on the defensive glass to give us a chance. I thought our composure was tremendous, even when they made a run. Uh, and then they started pounding us on the glass and got us on our heels. Uh, but we did fight back, and that's what I love about this group. Tremendous amount of heart in that locker room, starting with Javion Hamlet and Zach Simmons, and it just carries over to the rest of the guys. But really proud of the effort and the way we found a way to separate even when we gave up the lead. So unfortunately, all good things must come to an end. And following the opening round win over Purdue, they had a tough matchup with Villanova. And they lost last night 84-61. I mean, they just ran out of gas, didn't have the legs. The shots weren't there in the first half, and they just couldn't chip away at that lead. They, I mean, they played well, but with a team like Nova, once you get once you give them a bit of a lead, they ain't letting it go. Jay Wright, and, and he's just too good of a coach, and his players just too damn good. And here's an emotional Grant McCaslin, North Texas head coach, after the loss to Villanova. Yeah, give uh, give Villanova all the credit, man. It's a tremendous program, a championship program, one that we aspire to be uh, like. And uh, they took it to us, uh, you know, offensively. I think they ended up with 15 three-pointers. Uh, you know, when they're making those perimeter shots and you're trying to defend them from there and they're getting into the paint. It just had us on our heels. We've been an aggressive team all year long. We found a way to get it done on the defensive end. And and just when they, they got us so spread out, making threes early, and uh, we honestly just competed and gave ourselves a chance on the offensive end early, but just couldn't keep up with them. And uh, it's a tremendous offensive team. You know, they've been struggling from three, uh, but they weren't struggling tonight. And uh, to their credit, they were really sharp and tough. And you can tell they've kind of got that flow to them now. Uh, with their point guard being being out, they've, you can see they've got some games under their belt and they've got good pace and, you know, changed defenses on us and made it hard on us. And But, man, I just I'd spent so much time in the locker room. I apologize that took so long. But this is a an amazing group that we had this year and our team and what they've done in this program is really remarkable and so just hard hard to tell them by. So another incredible story from the opening weekend of March Madness is Loyola Chicago, the Ramblers. I mean they came in as an eight seed, the Missouri Valley champs and they beat Georgia Tech comfortably in the opening round, 71-60. Got a bit of a break with the announcement that Moses Wright, who is Georgia Tech's best player and the ACC Player of the Year, wasn't able to play in the opening round due to the health protocols and the fictional PCR tests that don't actually test for a virus but are being used all throughout society to create this. So um, a little unfortunate. And I tweeted about this too. I, you know, you wonder, once these kids figure out you know, that these PCR tests don't actually test for, you know, what it's claiming to be, you know, how upset they're going to be in a few years that this was all a complete farce. And so a little annoying that a player that good, you know, Moses Wright not able to play over this nonsense, but uh, is what it is. It's 2021. You got to roll with the punches. In the opening round win, Lucas Williamson, senior guard, 21 points over Georgia Tech. And then they followed that up by beating the number one seed, Illinois, fighting Illini, 71-58. I mean, Cameron Krutwig, this guy's an All-American, and he was absolutely dominant. You know, I, I, I like the matchup. I thought Kofi Coburn, the big man from Illinois, 
would be able to handle Krewig and no, 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 no chance. And I owe a huge apology to Loyola Chicago and their fan base because I, I called them fool's gold a couple weeks ago. I didn't like the level of competition they faced all season in the MVC. Just wasn't that good. Aside from Drake, I you know, they didn't play that many really good teams, a couple okay college teams. And I just thought once they're going to go face one of the big boys like Illinois, I thought it would maybe expose them. And it did, man. Cam Krutwig, this guy's getting better and better every day. And and here's Krutwig right now talking about what a special season this is after the win last night over Illinois. I mean, it, it's it's special because it's the it's the next one. You know, it, it's it's super special, especially with like I said before with the COVID and, and everything. I mean, this year has been a roller coaster. Um, you know, from canceling games to no fans to not even knowing if we're gonna have a season. You know, last. Last May, it was it was pretty uh, pretty dark, pretty bleak. You know, we didn't know if we we're gonna have a season or anything. So, um, you know, that that Final Four run and everything will hold a hold a special place in my heart, obviously. But but this one feels specialer and, and sweeter in the moment because I'm because I'm here because I'm in the present right now. But uh, you know, when I look back on it, you know, they'll all be great memories and and celebrating on the floor with the team out there. You, you can't beat that. So I'm excited. But uh, like we said last round, we got more work to do. So uh, we're gonna go ahead, get back to the drawing board. You know, we're gonna enjoy it for sure. But uh, at some point, you know, it's gonna end, and and we gotta we gotta focus on the next team. So naturally, with the success of Loyola Chicago, now Porter Moser's name. The head coach starting to come up in other job openings. Indiana has a job opening, and obviously they've got some pretty deep pockets and his name being mentioned around, but you know, obviously not commenting on that right now at the tournament. But here he is last night just talking about, you know, what a special season this is and what a great group of guys he's got right now. I first want to thank God for giving us our program this moment, for allowing me to coach these young men and putting us in this moment right now. So secondly, I uh you know, the guys believed. I said this, I've said this before uh, as the coach of Loyola. It's amazing what happens when you get a group of young men who believe. And these guys believed. And, um, you know, from start to finish, uh, but even it wasn't just the last 48 hours. A lot of the stuff we've done is, is hard work in the summer, hard work in the off season. This just wasn't something we, the flips just switched these last 48 hours. These guys have invested in, in, in what we do, and then they believe in it. And, uh, just great group of guys that believe, and coaches. My assistants are phenomenal. Another opening round shocker, 14 seed Abilene Christian knocking off number three Texas, 53-52, with 11 points from Joe Pleasant and eight rebounds. What a great name, Joe Pleasant. And, of course, their head coach, Joe Golding, who I had the pleasure of interviewing earlier this season on the podcast. Go back and listen to episode 11, and I have a full full length, about 30, 40 minutes, conversation with Joe Golding. Really good dude, rooting for them all season. And I, I had spoken to him just a couple days after they had lost to Texas Tech by two or three points, and I watched the entire game. And what it said to me was they can hang. They had two sloppy turnovers in the last 30 seconds that cost them the game, but they were in the game. They had chances to win that game against a very good Texas Tech team. So I thought, well, you know, regardless of the competition in the Southland, which I think the competition in the Southland this year was up compared to years past, because in years past, it's, you know, Stephen F. Austin and maybe one other team, but, you know, there was a good five or six teams, pretty competitive. Nichols was decent this year. Northwestern State, believe it or not, was pretty good. Stephen F. Austin was good as usual, but not eligible for postseason play this year, which made it an easier path for Abilene Christian to get in. Um, Sam Houston State, also a good team, but, uh, you know, I was a little concerned going up against Texas, and I had the inkling, because, you know, man, this is, 
you know, one of the, the best scoring defenses in the country, I believe. Loyola Chicago's number one scoring defense in the country. I believe Abilene Christian is number five at last check. You know, they're stingy. And, and here's evidence of that. So in the last three minutes and 30 seconds of the game against Texas, they didn't score a point. Did not get a single bucket. Um, they got some free throws, but they didn't get an actual field goal in the last three minutes and 30 seconds. And they had two turnovers, and they still won the game. That's how good their defense is. So here's some comments from head coach Joe Golding following the win over the Texas Longhorns. Yeah, first of all, ultimate respect to the University of Texas and Coach Smart. Just had an incredible year this year. Um, very, very talented team. And, um, you know, we just have the utmost respect for them. And uh, just want to say that. And then I just want to, you know, obviously state in the obvious here, man. Just really, really proud of my guys. Uh, we, we showed tremendous heart tonight. A uh, ton of adversity all night long. Couldn't get the ball to go in the basket. Couldn't find a way to score. Uh, but just continued to guard it. And uh, found a way to get on the offensive glass. I think we had 18 offensive rebounds to their five. And when you're not making shots and you can't get anything to go, you got to find a different way to win. So uh, just an incredible win for our university and for our basketball team. Uh, just extremely proud. Next up tonight, probably about an hour or so, they've got UCLA, who is the 11th seed, and they knocked off BYU. I'll get to that later on, but you know, I, I talked about this from the beginning. How the hell BYU was a sixth seed, I don't know, because not a bad team, an okay team, but for my money, they were an 11, 12, 13 seed and got misseeded. And so pretty fortunate for UCLA to get them that early, and uh, they had no problem disposing of BYU. So another one of the huge upsets of opening round. And I wouldn't say it's so much of a huge upset because a lot of people picked this one. The number 13 seeded Ohio Bobcats knocking off number four Virginia. And I just thought Virginia so overrated all year. I talked about this previously on the podcast. And, you know, it, I, I know they won the national championship, you know, what, a year or two ago. But a lot of those guys aren't on that team right now. I did. I was surprised they were given a four seed because I thought they were probably like an eight, nine seed, but they got it. And, you know, hey, Ohio, the MAC champs, uh, you know, from my money, I thought Toledo was going to coast through the MAC. And Ohio got so hot late and ended up knocking off Toledo and a bunch of good teams in the MAC tournament. So anyone who wins the MAC ever in the next five years, or maybe even longer in March Madness, take a good look at them because that's a tough league. You know, a lot of older guys in that league. It's a man's league, and they just proved it. Man's game just knocked out Virginia comfortably. So next up, they got another tough matchup with Creighton, and I'm not as optimistic about Ohio's chances in that matchup versus Creighton. I just There's nothing really special about Creighton, but when you look at their analytics, man, numbers-wise, they're a really good team. So a couple of the games I wanted to go through, of course, the return of Rick Pitino to March Madness with the Iona Gales, who are a 15th seed, but were handed a comfortable loss by the Alabama Crimson Tide, 68-55. Nate Oates and his troops, the former Buffalo head coach. I know Nate a little bit, having interviewed him three or four times when he was at Buffalo. Got a good relationship with him, so rooting for him 100%. But Rick Pitino, one of my co favorite coaches of all time. It's kind of funny listening to Pitino in recent press conferences I was able to be a part of and listening to this audio upcoming. But it's he's almost kind of like dismissed this year. Like, yeah, yeah that, that was cool. Um, wait till I get my guys in next year. Wait till I get more guys coming in next year. And so watch out for Iona next year because here's Patino's comments after the loss to Alabama. Well, I'm proud of our guys. We thought we could beat Alabama, to be honest with you. We had to cut down the three, cut down their transition, keep them away from the basket, and then do a lot of positive things offensively. With the game uh, on the line, we gave up two threes. And because centers 
are used to running back in the lane. And against this basketball team, you can't do that. So I'm real proud of our guys. We, we've been offensively challenged all year because we're in our first year where we had to bring in 12 new players. And uh, we're going to be better next year because we have uh, some uh, more troops coming in as offensively to help us. But they, they gave, us, gave me their heart the entire year. So I'm real proud of them. Unfortunately, we didn't have enough weapons to play against Alabama. So, hey, Rick Pitino seems pretty excited for Iona next year, which is it's also interesting because, you know, his name mentioned in a lot of these openings happening right now. You know, a lot of coaches getting fired, a lot of high major jobs available. And this is a guy with two national championships under his belt. And aside from the allegations at Louisville, I mean, his record speaks for itself. And so you wonder how long is Iona going to be able to hang on to him before he does go find another job. Now, they do have age in his favor. I think Rick's about, what, 68? So he's getting up there. The trend is going younger for a lot of the high major coaches. So we'll see. But I think someone somewhere is going to put the hand up for Patino and uh, swoop him away from Iona. So I think they got one more year next year with him. So also another tough loss uh, over the weekend. Winthrop, the 12th seed, lost to Villanova 73-63. And this was one of those trendy picks. I had a couple of people messaging me going, because, you know, there's always the 12 that's going to get the 5. And, I, you know, nobody watched more Winthrop games than me this year other than people with children on Winthrop because I can honestly say I probably watched easily 17, 18 games of them this year and love my guy Chandler Vodron had nine points, 11 rebounds and seven assists in the loss to Nova. But you can just see the level of talent not there and Winthrop, you know, one man going up against like eight really high major talented players and uh, just run out of gas. And so be curious to see if he does explore pro options next year or, you know, all these guys are allowed to come back if they want. And so maybe Vodrin comes back and Winthrop be in a good position again, or maybe he's the kind of guy that you'd see maybe uh, use a grad transfer and use that extra year of eligibility at a high major team because he's certainly good enough. But here's Chandler Vodrin after the loss against Villanova. You know, it's hard to think right now, but um, just the guys and how uh, how fun it was and just our memories that we had even outside of basketball. It just, you know, it stings and it, and it hurts a lot. But um, just the, the family that we created, I know that that bond will never get broken. Um, and unfortunately, you know, it didn't win. But there's a lot of guys coming back next year and they're going to do the same thing again. So that's just some of the key matchups there. I'll go through some of the other scores from the other mid-majors. So Baylor hammered Hartford, who was a 16 seed, 79-55. So another opening round matchup of note, the 11 seed Utah State Aggies lost to number six, Texas Tech, 65-53. I think a lot of people thought Namias Keita, the NBA pick possibly, I mean, I think he's going to be a late first round pick, second round pick, but thought maybe he'd have enough to get past Texas Tech, but Tech just too good, too well coached. Colgate, the 14th seed, losing to Arkansas, 85-68. Where else are we looking at? Drexel gets hammered by Illinois, 78-49, you know, gave them zero shot. Speaking of zero chance, Liberty loses their opening round matchup, 69-60 to Oklahoma State. Bit of a shocker here. Whereas Syracuse, the 11th seed, beat number six, San Diego State, 78-62. You know, I had San Diego State going through. But I also talked about this quite a bit on the pod this season that don't ever bet against Syracuse in the tournament because this is one of those teams, again, a painfully average Syracuse Orange. And you know, we've seen times where, you know, they're number one seed, two seed, and they've got the guys, they've got the Carmelo Anthonys and so on and other NBA players. But 
you know, I don't know if they have any of those guys this year. I love my guy Quincy Guerriere, the Canadian. Got to know him a little bit when he was part of BioSteel All-Canadian Week where I was involved with. But um, Jim Beheim again. You know, Buddy Beheim, his son, just, you know, scoring <laughs> lights out out of nowhere. And so I just... Lesson learned, don't ever, ever, ever bet against Syracuse, especially when they're a lowest seat heading into the NCAA tournament. So Moorhead State, I actually put a few bucks on them. I had, oh man, because of that North Texas, I hit North Texas on the money line and they were getting eight points. So as you can imagine, I scooped a few bucks. And so I just was like, well, I'm way up. I think I went four for four on my picks uh, on Saturday and won a few bucks. And so I was like, ah, I'll throw an extra 20 on Moorhead just for... Uh, you know, for giggles, and they didn't win anything. But um, got a few bones today on Abilene Christian as well as USC late tonight. But some of the other mid-major games, just scrolling through here, UNC Greensboro out after losing to Florida State, 64-54. St. Bonaventure, on four, I picked St. Bonaventure to beat LSU, couldn't get past them, 76-61 in the opening round. Texas Southern gets hammered by Michigan. Grand Canyon actually gave Iowa a pretty good game, but ended up losing 86-74. VCU gets ripped off, not even being able to play. And I hate even talking about this stuff because, as you can see, I think it's all complete nonsense. Um, but, uh, yeah, these kids get sent home. And uh, for, for what? Anyways. Eastern Washington, I watched a good chunk of that game over Kansas. They were a 14 seed. They gave Kansas a game. They gave them everything they had. Kansas pulled away late, 93-84. But, you know, anyone involved with that Eastern Washington program should be really proud. Man, that, that was a good team, good season. Again, slow start in, in the big sky, but ended up playing really good basketball late and uh, got themselves into the tournament. So lots to build on there for Eastern Washington. Drake, as I predicted, got hammered by USC in the opening round, 72-56. Creighton squeezed by UC Santa Barbara, 63-62 in the opener. And, uh, yeah, so plenty more basketball happening today. I got a whole bunch of audio. I'm on the official NCAA uh, media list now, so I get all the audio, video. And so that's hopefully you guys enjoyed some of that right now. And I just want to thank everyone out there listening. Like, obviously, it's March. The pod downloads are going through the roof. But we've got people from all over the world listening. I got downloads in Germany, Dominican Republic, China, England, Scotland, Ireland, uh, I, I mean, a bunch of, obviously, Canada, the United States as well, but all over the world, so can't thank you all for the support. Please drop me a line on Twitter, at Mr. McKee. Let me know where you're listening from or uh, want to tell me where to go because a lot of people are doing that on my YouTube clips, like, ha, 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 <laughs> I told you so. So I'm totally fine with that. Check me out on YouTube. Just type in Chris McKee. Hit up the undraftedfreeagent.com socials, and, of course, click subscribe wherever you're listening and enjoy the basketball this has been amazing. The UndraftedFreeAgent.com mid-major podcast with your host, Chris McKee. There's Samuel with the steal. Get your phones out. Tyree Samuel posterizes Alex Nawaga. Come on now. Lugans. Dort. Oh, my. Brzdikas with another steal. Spots up for three this time and drains it. Ignis Brzdikas. Electric first step. Blows by everyone. Kobe Elvis. He's got them all shook up. Keyshawn for three. And there it is. Keyshawn Bartholomew. You don't want to let him heat up. All day, Kyler Filowich. They can't stop him. Moncrief! Sneaks in the back door, hammers it down. Matthew Alexander Moncrief. Ooh!